Welcome to the New Song Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message from Stephen about Jesus and how much he loves you. If we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok by searching New Song CS. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000. Now sit back and enjoy this message. He's got no shoes on, first of all. They shouldn't do that. That just hurts. It hurts my body when I see these things. But is happy overrated? One minute we're happy. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but Christmas presents, um, snacks everywhere in the house, and now all of us, and kids are home. My kids were home. It was a good time. Now they're gone, and I'm stuck to put away the, um, you know, the clunky decorations. I don't know if you got yours done yet, um, but that's kind of like something I don't enjoy doing. And I look around the house for like pie or cake, and there's nothing. There's like nothing anywhere. The only thing in our fridge is like this jar of green drink that we're supposed to be drinking now. And it's, oh, it's, it's, it's happy new year is not the new year. I've yet. Could you turn me up just a bit more? Because I'm going to talk a little softer. Um, eating vegetables is not my idea of a happy new year. We find ourselves, oh, there you go. Maybe a little bit quieter. You find ourselves... Um, depressed in, in many ways, and I don't want to use that word, but kind of you get depressed at this time of year. January can be long. I want to encourage you. We're halfway through January already, um, but this is not when we need to hear Happy New Year. This is when we need to hear Jesus' best sermon ever, and so we're going to be talking about Jesus' best sermon ever. It's, uh, it's, it's a great one, but it's also like an unpopular one because what he says is convicting, kind of like my brother Mark spoke today, and he said, there's two fires. I've never heard it said that way, but we got the Holy Spirit fire talking to us too. And Jesus had the Holy Spirit fire on what he said. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, and um, it's going to be on the screen. You can look in your Bible. I'm going to read the first two verses. It just sets it up. It says, Jesus saw like a big group, a crowd. There was probably thousands possibly thousands of people that were starting to know about Jesus, hear about Jesus, saw that he uh, has been healing people. And, and he, he may have already had the baptism by this time. I don't know if Jesus was baptized yet, but um, he, he had already had the Holy Spirit. Okay, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down And his disciples specifically came sitting close so they could hear. And he began to teach them. And I don't know the context uh, completely for what was going on. But the people were hungry. The people were uh, needing a reason to smile, at least spiritually. It had been 30 years since the first Christmas. Okay, Jesus was born. It had been 40 days after Jesus was in the, the wilderness praying, fasting, and in, uh, in many uh, senses of the word, he was just now starting his ministry. This was his launch of his legendary three years on earth preaching. 
and people were hearing about him. I can imagine, and I might go overboard here, but did you hear about this guy, Jesus? He's going to be performing out at Red Rocks this weekend. We got to go. We got to get tickets. Who knows what he's going to say? I mean, he was, isn't it the person that was born, the little baby born in Bethlehem? It's this man that lived in Galilee and he's been healing people. I want to hear. I need to get healed. I wonder what he's going to say. Who knows? Maybe if we go, he'll heal us. It was a one-day TED Talk on being happy was the subject. And it was probably not one day. It probably lasted a little longer than that. But that was the subject, and it's not like the happy that we understand. And I want someone to come up and read. Who hasn't been up here today? Who would like to? Oh, my friend Tim. Come here, Tim. You should put on your Ravens, uh, Ravens hat because um, I think they're going to win it all. Although I was going for the Dolphins yesterday. Not that they played yesterday, but I'm hoping that I was hoping the Dolphins would go all the way. I felt for them, and neither here nor there. But look on the screen. Act like a good preacher here. And you're going to read uh, verses uh, 3 through 6, okay? And let me get you a microphone. Is this a good microphone to check? Or is that the... Oh, she's got a good one right there. Would you welcome Tim, ladies and gentlemen? We don't have Jesus today, so we have Tim to preach the sermon for us. Go ahead, preach it for us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for the righteousness, for they will be filled. Okay, that's it. All right, give him a big hand. And the people, I don't know if they clapped for Jesus. It was the show, the biggest show of the year. They get out there, and this is what he leads with. Blessed are those who cry. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are thirsty. What? What are you talking about? This, this is not the way I would lead out like, okay, I'm coming on the scene. Here I come. I'm shooting with fire. Blessed are you who are poor. And the people are like, what did he say? Did he say, what did he, he said poor in spirit. What? I th he is saying some things that were coming against many things that they believed before, and before we go too far, I just want to stop at that word blessed. Blessed. He said, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. That word is, an, is, a, is the word in many of your Bibles, happy. It'll say happy. Happy is the man. Happy, happy is the poor in spirit. And it doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? Happy are those who cry, who mourn. The word is makarios. It's a Greek word. You've probably heard it before. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. And, and there's two meanings that the people would have known. The first meaning they would know is happy. You're happy because of circumstance. They know that. That's the happy that you see on Instagram when people put hashtag blessed. They're on the beach in Hawaii. And they say, oh, look at me. And you're like, why'd you post it? Just to make me jealous. And they say hashtag blessed. And there's nothing wrong with Hashtag blessed. There's nothing wrong with being grateful for what we have. That's the first meaning. But probably he's going deeper here. 
for sure he's going deeper because the second meaning is more like what probably he was talking about. Happy, makarios, also has a deeper meaning. And it means kind of literally, and it doesn't really translate great for English, but um, those who are divinely favored, those who have a close relationship uh, with the divine, their, their, their world, the Greek world, they would know the gods. The gods were blessed. The gods were the ones that sit around on Mount Olympus and be blessed because they were divine. And now God is saying, Jesus is saying, Makarios to you guys. There are people in the crowd that were very poor. There are people in the crowd that no one cared about. There are people in the crowd that were normal, that were average, that were sick, that were, uh, had been, people were prejudiced against them. There were people in the crowd that, uh, that would not have had any status. And then there were other people in the crowd that had status and were rich, that were there listening and watching. There were church people there that were uh, self-righteous. And he says, blessed are, and I bet he looked at a self-righteous person, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Put it in context with uh, Marcarios, and it would be something like this. Those who are mourn, those who hunger, those who thirst, if you do these things, you're actually in a place of favor. You're in a good place. God sees you, and he favors you. Doesn't feel like it at times, but he does. One point he was getting across here uh, was, like I said, the, that in that day, um, it was a total stigma, the extreme prejudice that only rich people were significant. Now, this isn't all he was trying to get across here, but this was one point. People who aren't very rich, people who have had unfortunate circumstances, people who get sick, they're not necessarily cursed. It could have been just life has happened to them, and you can be blessed too. And the people, that was a new concept for them. Another point he was making was that in your poorest, lowest, darkest moments. Now, we may not be in them right now. We might have just gone through. We might be getting ready to go through them. Or we might be kind of in the middle of them. In your poorest moments, that's where you find God's comfort perhaps the most. We're talking, my brother, Mark, he kind of gave us the illustration. He said, you know, I was in a bad spot. I was in a really low spot. Do you know that I don't think God makes these things happen to us, but when he finds us in those moments, that's when he shows up the greatest. Could you put up that slide of my, I said, pray for my dad. Um, it was a memory I had on my phone this week. It was from 10 years ago, it says. I have a little app on my phone, and it tells me all my memories. I love it. And from all of my different social media. And part of the reason, whoops, sorry. Part of the reason I post some things is because I want to go back and, uh, it's my monument, Thomas. Can I spiritualize Facebook that way? It's my monument. 
And I wrote, pray for my dad going on his 22nd day in the hospital. If you know me, I'm not a negative person. And I wouldn't put my business out there for the world to feel sorry for me. I just don't. But it was pretty bad that I'm putting this on Facebook because I was in a really desperate place. He had been in the hospital many days. Every day I would go in. And I know I've told you this story before. But it made a big impact on me, all right? And it was one of the poorest in spirit moments of my life. I would go into the hospital and they would say, oh, yeah, he's not doing well. They'd take me out of the room and say, you know, pay your respects. It's not going to be much longer. And I would go in and, and 22 days turned into 44 days and 44 turned into 88 and 88 turned into about 160 days was he in. And I'm happy to say today that um, that was 10 years ago. He was, he was healed maybe six, five, six months into that uh, sickness, and um, God touched him. But in the middle of it, I remember cold mornings. It felt colder than this in California. In those cold mornings, go, getting up and wondering when I went to the hospital what I would find, and I would be tired and worn out and, and feeling, um, quite frankly, poor, <laughs> like as poor in spirit as I possibly could be. I was poor in spirit. And in those moments were my deepest, some of my dearest, some of my closest interactions with Jesus. Right there in the car, in the hallway, in the hospital, in my bed at night, because God brought comfort in my poor, in my poorest, poorest times. When Jesus says this phrase, blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The people probably took a while to figure out what he was saying. Today, we, we can get a better grasp. But he's explaining to those, saying to us, or saying to those, if you have thrown complete dependence on God. That's, that's the poorest moment, the lowest moment. You hit bottom. You throw complete dependence on God. You'll experience the kingdom of heaven. Or better yet, he was saying, not when you've thrown it on, you've thrown your dependence on him, but when you have to. When there's nothing else left. Like, okay, let me, let me think. Let me brainstorm. I could go to the doctor, I can go to the hospital, I can go to the ER, I can do this. After all of that is done, you're like, you don't have any other place. I, got, I looked here, I looked here, I've asked this person, I've tried here, I've tried this circumstance, I've tried to make it work, and it just doesn't work. That is what he's talking about when he says poor. When you do this, the kingdom of heaven is experienced. And I would say it like this. God's kingdom is in heaven. It comes to earth. And it meets you. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He became God with us. And his kingdom as he prays. He says this is the way to pray. My kingdom come thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven 
Heaven meets you in your moments. And not only heaven, but Jesus, the loving Savior that, that, what, that is God as well as the king of the universe becomes personal to you. And not only does he become personal to you, but his Holy Spirit joins him and is the great comforter, the prince of peace, the everlasting, the one who just makes you feel like God is right there with you. The Holy Spirit not only works in you, works through you, but fills you. That is the kingdom of heaven. The whole complement of the angel armies. Could you put up the slide? I forgot I have slides. What does that slide say, that first one? <clears throat> if you have it. Happy because of circumstances, that's the two happies. Or especially favored who has divine favor. Move on. Poor in spirit, those who have thrown complete dependence upon God. And then he says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. I would say it like this. Yours is the whole complement of his angel armies, his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Why do I use the word angel armies here? Because I like it. <laughs> because it's personal to me. In the message version, you'll see the phrase often. The God of the angel armies. And I remember one of my lowest moments walking through it with my dad. And I saw this. And I held on to it. Because for some reason that one got, got like, I needed a lot of help. And when I heard he's the God of the angel armies, I looked up, how many angels are there? Millions, millions, millions. When you think, oh, my little prayer doesn't mean much. Dear Lord, here I am in my quiet, cold house. I keep saying the word cold because I'm cold. Here I am, my little prayer. I know it doesn't mean much. But I don't have any else, anywhere else to turn, so I look to you. That moment is not your poor, it's, it's not your little prayer. It's a poor prayer. It's a humble prayer. But behind your little prayer is the God the, of the millions of angels that he says, in a second, I can give them charge over you. They can take care of you. They can comfort you. They can, they can protect you. And not only, I know that those are great, but I don't need the angels to help me. I will be there with you too. Because I love you. But make sure that you're poor in spirit. You say, well, I haven't experienced that. And you could preach it and preach it and preach it, and I won't. Because you get the point. Drop my phone here. 11.21. I want to give us time to respond. <clears throat> you could preach it and preach it and preach it. But, the, but, but I just got to get this bottom line. That you, you say you're poor in spirit at times. You say, well, where's the kingdom? And I think Jesus would say, like he just does, Mark, right? He does this to people. It doesn't feel good, but have you really surrendered yet? Have you given it to me? 
I'll take it. I'll take it off your shoulder. But you were lying on three other ways first. Why don't you rely on me? Why don't you put complete dependence upon me? And I walk, I look across this room. And I know the Holy Spirit is already doing his work. Because literally almost every face has got something I see in your eyes of hurt or that you need to surrender or poor. You feel poor and that's okay because yours is the kingdom of heaven. So I ask this question. Has circumstances of 2023 or going into 2024 caused you to be poor in spirit? Let me prophesy over you. When you have no other choice and maybe would you come up and we'll, we'll just kind of give a little moment here when you have no other choice but to trust can I prophesy to you that the entire kingdom of heaven and Jesus himself is making himself available to comfort you he sees desperation and he covers it with Macarios I think I have one more slide here. And let this be your, like, commitment today. I don't know if you can read it okay, but it says this. When your situation requires utter reliance on Jesus, that's the space. That's the space where his promises, where he promises you'll experience the kingdom. That's the space. I don't like the space. You don't ask for the space. You don't want the space. But it's the space it is. That's the space. In those spaces is where God does his best work. I'm going to give it another little bit. But I think we just need to just think and sit. And could we sing a song together? And you don't have to even sing it. Come up, worship team. I don't know if you have the just the chorus of all I need, I think it was all I need is you. Is, did that one go well or do you want to do a different one? You don't have to sing. Just listen. But if you need to sing, if you need a prayer, they'll help you with the prayer. And then get ready to um, make a decision today. Total surrender. to our hearts. All I need is you, Holy Spirit, Lord, bring comfort. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. You could have just stopped there. And I, I can imagine that the people were pierced to, the, to their heart because the Holy Spirit was obviously in the mountains 
working and people started to come up and be healed of different things. He'd go across the crowd and, the, and right before that it said he had healed everyone that came to him that day. I bet he did that again. And I would love to say we're going to do that, heal everyone that needs it today. And that might happen for you. But before you leave today, I want you to at least respond in some way. And I'm going to give you three responses that we're going to have every week for, for a few weeks. These are, these are the three. You can sit. Sit for a bit. Not, you don't have to sit a long time, but get a good five minutes. Sit, worship, listen. Or you can respond by coming to the front. And someone's going to pray for you. You need them to pray for you. Maybe you need that. That could also be not at the front. You could go to them. You could go to them. You see a person by you. Will you pray for me? I don't know what to pray. What if they ask me to pray? Well, ask them if they want to tell you what it is. Then you pray for it. You know, your prayer doesn't uh, mean anything in your words. It's Jesus working through you. So relax, okay? So that's the first thing. Second thing, sit. Sit and worship for a bit. Come up for prayer. And the third thing that um, I want you to do, we need to do better at this because the Bible says that we would encourage each other. Maybe there's someone in the room. Don't be, it's not too weird, but look around. Hi, hi, hi. Maybe there's someone in the room God put on your heart that you're supposed to minister to. I know what I said. I know I spoke the word of God. Now the word of God needs to work, and sometimes he works through what I just said, or sometimes he'll work through someone else. And so you have it on your mind. You have it on your heart. I should pray for them, or I should encourage them. You go up out of your seat. Hi, I just want to encourage you today. This is what I feel like the Lord said to me for you. Move to Africa. Now don't say something like that. Keep it simple. Something encouraging. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He cares. He's the Prince of Peace. You, you speak the word of God, something that you just heard in the sermon that, that ministered to you. He sees you in your utter dependence. He's going to take care of you, whatever, all right? So those are three, three ways, okay? We won't take too long with it, but um, just for um, housekeeping, I'm going to need some people up here to pray. So Beth and Derek, whether you're poor in spirit or not, I'm picking you. You're on the third row. Will you come up here and just stand right here? Which Barbara and Bob, would you come up too? You're like, me? You want me to pray? And you, yes, come on up. Come stand on this side. Jim, James and Jim and Francis, would you stand over here? Tim and Nancy, would you stand right here? And then after you pray for that person, tell them to pray for you, for what you're going through. And there may not be anyone that comes up to you, but we need it. We need some people up here for that. All right, you can continue to worship, minister, if you want to sing this song or whatever. We won't take a long time with this, but just let's do one of those things. I wrote down something here and it, I was saying summing up what he said in that sentence are you depressed are you sad are you alone yes maybe 
but poor in spirit isn't the end of the world. I want to speak that to you. In fact, poor in spirit, it's the beginning of the kingdom being poured out in your life. So it's a prerequisite to experiencing miracles, experiencing wholeness, a prerequisite is being poor. So there you go. And I want to, um, it's not a plug necessarily. It's not an announcement necessarily. It's just kind of an explanation of why we do what we do. We do something called tables, and it's not for everybody to sit at a table. But we try to have all kinds of different ones for you. And the person here that says, I'll never sit at a table, I want you to know you probably should. God's probably speaking to you. Make sure to get a bulletin today when you leave. Um, Carl, will you make sure they take one if they don't have one? Um, it talks about them. Sounds like an announcement, but it's just explanation. Because another way that some may need to respond to blessed are the poor in spirit is maybe not on a Sunday morning, but maybe it's on a Tuesday night. Beyond brokenness is a table that helps us see the Makarios perspective, that helps us see that we're blessed. That's on Mondays. Juanita's house, Kay leads a table with, with Pat called Experiencing God. And in that book, I've read it, it talks about how God speaks through poor in spirit moments. And that, that group shows you like, oh, God's speaking. Let me show you where he's speaking and then get in with what he's doing there in that, in that word. So those are two great ones, experiencing God and beyond brokenness. Tables are a great place to process poor. I'm poor in spirit. I need to talk to someone. Oh, my gosh. Sit at a table and process. That sounds weird, but process poor in spirit with them. Tables are a great setting for seeing Makarios in morning, in morning and praise in poor in spirit times. So we're going to continue. Would you guys sing a different song, maybe gratitude or whatever, whatever song. Stay worshiping. As you want to leave, just kind of slip out. If you need prayer, Bob and Barb, Bob and Barb love praying for people. They're like, why did you ask me to pray? You can do it. Was it pretty good? Your little moment, was it good? The last one? Come up and get prayed for. And as you guys see up here that people don't want many more prayers, just kind of disappear, okay? All right.